Welcome to Healing Aloud. I'm Jory. I'm Shanna Mae. We talk about things we're learning as we navigate our personal mental health. We hope you will join and learn with us as we go. Welcome back to season two of our podcast. We <laughs> are so excited to be back, uh, especially after such a crazy <laughs> break. Yeah. <laughs> um, we are starting on the difference of like thought processes on uh, on healing. That is a journey. It's not an event. Um, for me personally, this has been a really, really hard struggle for me because I keep waiting for like, oh, I'm going to be better when or having the thought that like, um, if I do this modality, then I'm not going to be triggered by this thing. And, and like, or just like long periods of time that you haven't had a trigger, you know? Yeah. And you're like, oh my gosh, I must be all better. And then it just like side swipes you one day and you're like, I'm not okay. And it's so easy to feel so disappointed and just be like, I thought I was better. Yes. You know, there's that expectation that like, uh, there is a goal. Right. And, and that's really hard to think that way. I like, it's, it's easy to get sucked in. It's hard to be in that, if that makes sense. Um, In thinking of like, I mean, as you hear us talking like, oh, like there is no end goal and there's always going to sideswipe. I mean, that can be like really disappointing or discouraging. Mm -hmm. And so like, I don't want like, and I think that's why we a lot of times hang on to this idea that like there is a finish line. There is a point where you're all better. Yeah. And so I think we also should talk about like how, um, like how you deal with the idea of there not being an end goal because like I don't want to start this off and like turn people off and be, <laughs> oh this is just totally down or you're never going to be better because like you absolutely are yeah it just might look different than you might expect yeah I think I think it's the same event on like um scars like physical scars. Um, I have a lot of scars. I, I, I was a struggle bus of a trial. <laughs> I was just very accident prone. And um, like my scars on my body are really, really sensitive. And like when it gets too hot or too cold, like I can still feel the burning of my scars, even though that like these scars happened when I was like seven. Mm. And And sometimes I feel like that's what this healing journey is like. It's like, okay, well, how can I cope with that? Like massaging um, scars out really helps the circulation so that like it's not so painful. Um, Like on physical scars, on on the scars that happen to us emotionally or mentally. Um, We have to figure out what kind of approach and how we cope is really we need to be mindful of that like I for example like I recently had a trigger and I was like set back so hard and like to recognize like you have made a lot of progress this is an old tape that's run yeah and it's not 
like you are not that thing um like this happened to you and so like the burning and the tingling is going to happen sometimes um but like the trigger happened and like I wanted to explode but I didn't like recognizing like I want to scream at you so bad (laughs) and like recognizing I'm being triggered right now like that thought process I would have never I would have never thought that I would get to that point where like I'm being triggered right now and there's a lot of things I want to say but like you're not I recognize that you're not in a spot to hear me or like and it's not my job to correct you for where you're at and so like just being like I am done with this conversation. It's good to see you and like <laughs> exit stage and leaving it at that, that. And like, I was able to get away, which not a lot of situations allow you to do that. True. But like, there's like, so, yeah. What I'm story is that like you had the ability to like self-monitor and realize what was happening. You had the vocabulary to describe it. You had the skills to control what you were doing in the situation and to analyze what was happening. And you had the confidence to remove yourself from that situation. So yeah. all skills that like you've worked on made being triggered a totally different experience. Yes. Um, So if we focus on not, oh gosh, I got triggered once again, that's, yeah, that happens. You know, even if you don't have major trauma, like people get upset, that's normal. People Mm -hmm. get angry, people, you know, have emotions. The healing is all those things that came after the trigger. Yes. And like, and that's why like naming our feelings is like so vital to the healing part because like you, you have to acknowledge like I, and before I went to therapy, I'd be like, what is wrong with me? And I couldn't really place where things went wrong. I couldn't place why I was feeling the way that I was or what I was feeling at all. I just knew I was so angry and upset and just like sobbing and just like, I don't understand. But going through the process of like um, having the emotional awareness to say like even after it's passed because even after it's passed and you are naming the things after that's still progress that's work that's still work and you're working on it and that is beautiful like getting to the point where like I want to be able to name my feelings I want to get like to like the emotional wheel the emotion wheel the yeah the emotion wheel where it has like the branches and like the other branches from those emotions. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So you have like happy, sad, mad, but then you have, but like go deeper. Like what's, I mean, there's, yeah. Right. And so like those, I feel like it's so, so amazing that somebody made that (laughs) and that it's been evolving so that we can have more words to our feelings instead of just like, I'm so mad. Like our, you mad what are you mad about why is like going deeper into the like that was so frustrating for me because I felt really hurt and betrayed and abandoned and etc 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 and uh, I felt a lot of despair 
and and to like have those words uh, and like if you're the kind of person to write I highly recommend it but if you're not also write or do art or whatever uh, floats your boat that helps you to get that feeling out so that you can process that and like okay when this thing comes up again because it will like here's to the nature of humans like how do I cope with this the next time I want to do this like in having to have um kind of role-playing with yourself at least this is what I have to do (laughs) like or sing through in your mind don't you mean oh sometimes I have to do it out loud like to my face to like that works too yeah (laughs) like trying to find like just like a go-to because I mean I'm a girl mom and the amount of comments that I get of just aren't you gonna keep trying for a boy and I'm so sorry you have all girls and poor your husband for not having a boy and a buddy to have and just all those comments really get me really upset yeah that's really icky it make it makes me violently angry um and so having to like rephrase my mind my husband's really good at (laughs) like accommodating the situation so I don't explode at a person Um, (laughs) but like having to like and this has been years like my oldest is seven Mm -hmm. uh, and so this has been a year's progress of like how do I approach that situation because I am trying not to be rude and I'm trying to like not escalate the situation because that's totally a thing with triggers. It's like, you can make that go from like, that just happened to what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, when you do get triggered like that, a lot of times the person on the other end of that interaction does not know that you're being triggered. Yes. And, and that's a hard part. Yeah. So if you go, you know, zero to 60, they're like, what just happened? Mm -hmm. And hopefully, you know, if they have some, you know, awareness and some, you know, those skills as well, they might look back and be like, oh, I see. Okay. I, you know, something happened there, whether like I screwed up or our traumas just clashed in a certain way. Because that happens too, where like people trigger each other, like there's something about my personality or my past that causes me to react to a situation in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And the person from their past, their upbringing, their traumas react in a certain way that like re-triggers me and that I re-trigger them. And it's just really, really bad. So- yeah. It's two volcanoes having a party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and so, um, yeah, being able to control your own triggers and also recognizing in other people um yeah big part of healing yeah and I have a a question for you do you feel like when you're exploding do you ever have the thought what am I doing but you can't stop like it just is coming out (laughs) I don't know I think if I get like white hot rage like that yes it's more like I don't have time to think what am I doing um, but honestly, I don't get that way very often. I cannot remember the last time. Oh, good for um, you. I'm really impressed because I, I don't know if I'm just like naturally an angry person. Like, I don't know, but like, good for you. 
like a more repressed person. So I think that like my my reaction. So like when I feel triggered, um, I don't become a volcano so much as I become a like swamp pit. And by a that swamp I mean, pit, like I just want to drag everybody down with me, and I want to go into the depths of despair, and I just. Oh, I sink. I don't explode. Does that make sense? That's fair. I, I, that's such an interest. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I like, I'm feeling like Kelpie energy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I might get sad. I might feel really down on myself, down about things. Um, and then if I do lash out, it's in a, I'm taking you down with me. I feel horrible about myself and I want you to feel horrible about yourself. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Not proud of it. But... No, I I feel like I I I feel like maybe I do that as well, but in a different way. You know, and that that's with triggers that are like connected to like my self esteem or mm. things like that. Um, you know, and I feel like there are also like trauma triggers too, like that yeah. bring difficult memories, um, grief you know, is a big thing, Um, you know, whether or not you have some kind of mental illness, like everyone experiences grief. And I feel like that healing process is also really similar that you get to a point where you're okay until something brings it up. Right. You're just right back there again. Um, I have a kid who, I have a couple kids who've had some medical issues and it had been a year or two since um our big surgery and being in ICU and stuff and I'm just like oh yeah I'm totally fine everything you know everything's better now everyone's healthy we're good you know and I don't remember what it was but something I saw something maybe it was like a tv show or something where a kid was in the hospital and I just started bawling yes like bawling because I'm like ah why am I not okay Mm -hmm. like is it going to be like this forever yeah. Like, am I just never going to be able to deal with this type of thing? Because I'll just be right back there, you know, looking at your baby with a breathing tube. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, quite and like that. for me, and like just here thinking about thinking about it <laughs> and, um, and just realizing that like, being okay, like, doesn't mean that, it, like, it doesn't hurt or that you don't remember it. And um, it means that, like, you can move on with your day at the end of it. Like, you might need a minute, but. Um, and sometimes it's a few days. Like, at least for me, it's a, it's a few days. Yeah. And, you know, and, it, and, it, and it changes. You know, and speaking of the healing journey, it changes as time goes on. Yeah. So as, you know. Um, you know, because it's been more time since my kids had their health issues than yours. And so from this side of it, um, healing looks like um, more days between getting triggered or being able to reset faster. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree wholeheartedly with that. I think there's something to be said about the bounce back. Um, because like mine doesn't look like I'm not okay one day and then the next day I'm all better. Like it looks like I 
want like all I can do is sit in front of the TV with my kids and just have snacks and that's um like and maybe go on a walk and that's that's maybe <laughs> and yeah. it just it's just slow and then the next day I might feel like watching I I watch or listen to something while I do laundry that way it's like on autopilot <laughs> yeah and so like maybe I'll do that or like I'll load no, the dishwasher about surviving I mean yeah. I definitely have days and weeks where I just have to tell myself this feeling will not last forever yeah and I have to do whatever I have to do mm-hmm. to get through the day yeah. and to win tomorrow yeah all I have to do Yes. You know, so if I am watching trashy TV for 10 hours that day, mm-hmm. I I survived the day. I made it to the next one. Yes. Okay. And and that's um, not anything small. Like I, that is an accomplishment for a lot of people and and it is hard sometimes when it just like the feelings feel so real but they're not true if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, if you go back to the, you know, our kids' medical issues, like, my baby's okay. She's okay, you know? And that, like, I don't need to be thinking about what if she's not okay because she is okay. Yeah. So, like, that's the feeling that it's not true, you know? Yeah. 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 Yes, exactly. (laughs) And it's so easy. I'm kind of, like, dancing around because I don't want to, like, because it's so easy to get so far into it, too. Yeah. Yeah, like to kind of like wallow mm-hmm. and to just like stay in that place. Yeah. Because I, I think too sometimes that place can feel familiar. Yeah. And even if it's negative, um, you know, the times when my kids were in the hospital were good times in a way because we had so much care and attention. Mm-hmm. And... You know, and so it's, well, I don't want my kids to be sick. Like, sometimes I do kind of miss that. Support. Support, yeah. That other people are going to make this okay. And I can turn off a little bit. I mean, you don't really, because you have to be there, like, emotionally for your kid and everything. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that support. And... And that I I feel like support is such a huge part of mental illness that like no one really talks about that like I really appreciate the change of language that's happening where instead of attention seeking when someone is um, having some alarming uh, vocabulary that mm-hmm. instead of attention seeking it's support seeking and I love that that like gave me so much healing and peace in my soul to be like because I I really struggle when people say, well, oh, you're so selfish for having mental illness or depression or whatever. And I'm just like, stop it. Right now, you, okay, if you have been here and you know what it's like, like familiar, then like in any scope of what you might know, like, don't talk to me about selfish like this like that doesn't make it better that exacerbates it so much and like no one needs that and like when you approach a person with love because love to me 
is not just a feeling, it's an action. Um, there is, there is just so much good. There's just so much good when it, when someone approaches with love and like, like the hugs that like, there's a person and uh, like for me right now, there's a person that I, we're, I want to be friends with them. <laughs> and, but like, they give a hug that just like, I just want to melt into. <laughs> and I like, man, I love being in your presence so much. And, and like enhancing my day with that kind of support, whether it's not there, I feel like I, I'm not a hugging person. No. And, <laughs> <laughs> whoops, so sorry. <laughs> um, no, sorry, but not it, sorry, people. It, no, it's so great when you feel like someone can give you that support from a place that is not pity or looking down or mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're supporting you. Or there's like an agenda. Like, yeah. I mean, I was just thinking like, why... We are social creatures. We all need attention. Like, why is yes. so maligned? Yeah, if someone's attention-seeking, they're trying to fulfill a very human need. Mm-hmm. Like, what is wrong with that? You know, and I yes. think it comes from, like, old parenting paradigms and control. Mm-hmm. You know, this idea that, like, the way to control your children and keep them obedient and things is to ignore bad behavior and ignore quote-unquote attention seeking or punish it or punish it yeah um because you know not to be like too cynical but like that shows agency you know that's something that as a parent you can't control oh yeah um and I love that like there are different parenting paradigms that are becoming more well-known and popular Mm -hmm. to um, you know, to be more attentive and to realize that if someone's asking for something, you know, a need, whether it's attention or it's like food or whatever, ignoring it is not going to make it go away. It's going to make it worse. Yeah. Like if your kid needed food and they're trying to get food, you should like give them food being like, I'm not going to reward that behavior is not going to make them less hungry. It's a basic need. It's not, it's not, it's not a luxury. It's and that doesn't change as we get older. No. So a big part of that healing journey is being able to find that support, being able to accept that support and um, being able to real- realize what you need and how to ask for it. And mm-hmm. as we move along the journey, I don't think we ever stop needing support because we never stop being human. Yeah. But I think, it turns into you can now give support to. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so if your goal line you think is like, oh, I'll be better when I don't need to call my sister crying. No, everyone should have a sister or a friend or a brother, something, a mom that they can just call crying sometimes because life's like hard no matter who you are. Yes. And having that emotional outlet and support is so important. The difference is you can, like other people can call you crying and know that you can hold that for them, that you're not going to fall apart because you've reached a point in your healing journey that 
um, it can be a little bit more two way. And in the process of that, I think one thing that's really hard is feeling, you know, like you were saying before, like a burden to people. You're saying like people, because people do sometimes treat like you, like you're selfish for having mental illness. So you ask for too much. And um, so sometimes that's coming externally. You're getting those messages in which case find better friends. They're totally out there. Yeah. Um, But also like it's so hard not to internalize that. Yeah. And so I feel like part of healing too is just accepting that yeah, you need support and realizing that that's okay mm-hmm. and trusting your friends when they say that they are your friends and they're happy to support you. Yes. Yeah. Because like my thing is is having somebody in your life where it's like what can you offer me and that's it. Um, that is, that's a really rough place when you are giving and giving and giving and giving and giving and there's not sharing. There's not, there's not that, um, two way street going on. That's yeah. Get yourself some friends who, (laughs) where that street is very both ways and yeah, an an exchange. Yeah. And I think that sometimes, um, we get into that pitfall because we don't have enough people that mm-hmm. we're that we're leaning on I you agree. Know, like there are definitely times you know if you have a friend who's going through a nasty divorce and she's like basically homeless and she needs this support maybe you know or um you know a friend who's dealing with addiction or something like that like they absolutely need support but they also absolutely have things to offer yeah. even if it's not right now yeah and so while it's like it's important to like have your boundaries and realize how much you can give um a lot of times that's a case of like needing to pull more people in um you know not always yeah there are definitely people who don't understand the two-way nature of things and don't you know that doesn't quite connect with them and um in my opinion that deserves its own diagnosis (laughs) but um but yeah, I just kind of, cause I feel like I've had friends like that too. And it's really easy to, if you're not protecting your own resources, your own, you know, emotional well-being, to like not get sucked into that while still being kind and compassionate that just like you have times where, you know, you, <laughs> you need to be, you know, hospitalized, whether um, literally or metaphorically, you know, those days where I'm sitting on the couch for 10 hours that like, no, I'm not giving much that day. Right. Um, like, and nobody is at a hundred percent all the time. Nobody yeah. is. And so having that space and I, and I really like that you added like kind and compassion because um, like Brene Brown, like she just like came across, uh, she, I would just, I came across um, like an interview that she had. She's nice is vague Mm -hmm. and kind is clear and concise and and so I think it's really important like I am not (laughs) a nice person (laughs) and like (laughs) me telling people like I'm only going to suggest things if I actually want to do them and I can like I'm not going to I'm I'm not going to be that person to just be like oh it's fine while I go cry in a corner. Like I, I, I can't do that anymore. Like it, 
it's so overwhelming to me at this point in time of my life. Um, I can say I am so glad you are like that because you. <laughs> I worked really hard at it. <laughs> I'm someone who always worries about asking too much. Mm. Um, I come from a background where if you get we had talked about this in our very first episode where if you get told no, it's because you asked for something you shouldn't have. That was wrong. You messed up if someone had to actually say no to you. Mm. And to be in relationships with people who you can trust them, that they're taking care of themselves. You don't have to worry about taking care of them because they've got it. Yeah. If they need something, they'll ask for it. If they can't do something, they'll say no. And they have their boundaries set up. I can relax. Yeah. I can feel comfortable in that. And I also know that they'll respect when I have to say no. Right. And I think I was talking with my friend about this about um, ask culture and guest culture, which I yes. think we should talk about that in a, another episode. But just like you have to, like, I just feel like guest culture, which I feel like we all grew up in, um, at least from what I can tell, like both of us grew up in the guest culture where it's like, there is a lot of um, tiptoeing around uh, the eggshells. And making suggestions and when it's not really a suggestion. Yeah. Like, how about you tell me straight to my face? And like, and me, my brain, if you don't tell it to me straight, like, I will not get it. <laughs> and, yeah. and that's the importance of like words. Like, people can't do better if you don't tell them. And like, and it's really rude to expect differently and like taking things at face value has oh my gosh it has relieved a massive burden on my shoulders and on my mind like there's just something really beautiful about taking things at face value yeah and being secure enough in yourself that that you can take things at face value you don't have to second guess yourself or second guess other people right you can just move through life in like mm-hmm. a more simple way almost yeah I think it is simpler though because y- you don't have to be like oh well what about this oh that didn't work that exploded oh gosh oh what about over here oh no yeah. <laughs> and and so having that and that is a practice like I had to work really hard to like voice people which is like my feelings like me I this is something I worked on a really long time and I'm still um, I mean, I'm still working on, but I, I felt a lot of shame, um, and embarrassment about my feelings, mm-hmm. um, about like having any and expressing them alone was like torture. Yeah. And, and getting to that point of like saying the words, this is what I need. Like saying I need was like, oh my gosh, I can't. <laughs> Yeah. Well, because there's a vulnerability there because you're saying, yes, there's something that I don't have that I need. You know, there's yes. some deficiency there. And I use deficiency in like a neutral way. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, I think, like, as we're healing and we can kind of quiet those thoughts of like, oh no, what if this? What if that? And also, you know, you're talking about like, <laughs> jumping back and forth, you know, like it's like a minefield. Yeah. I one thing that's been an important part of my healing journey is recognizing where um things that are like me problems and things that are you problems. Yes. And yeah. 
I'm not responsible for you problems. Yeah. And, and that's a really hard cool. one to come to terms with. It takes a lot of practice. And it, and in that practice, it takes making mistakes. Like yeah. I'm always my kids, like, it's okay to make mistakes and mistakes mean you're learning, but doing it yourself is, of course, a whole other thing. Yeah. And, like, just taking accountability for, like, um, like, um, you don't get to decide if you hurt someone or not. Like, that person, if they tell you they hurt you, guess what? <laughs> you get to own up to that. And, and that that can sometimes be a hard thing too. Or like you recognize that like you hurt somebody, whether you intended to or not. Like, Yeah. And if you hurt someone, it doesn't make you a bad person. It just means you made a mistake. Yeah. And you have the opportunity to correct it. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, behavior that's totally reasonable and appropriate in one situation isn't in another. If you didn't know that. Yeah. You know, and like something that you thought, oh, this is going to be awesome. And it just isn't. Yeah. You know, that like, it's okay to take responsibility for that without feeling shame. You know, that difference between guilt and shame and just be like, oh, well, now I know and I'm going to like act differently in this situation. Yeah. But like, you don't have to beat yourself up about what you didn't know before. Right. And And like, that is just, it's boundaries. That's exactly what it is. It's boundaries. All of it is boundaries. It's, it's finding the line, like what is okay? What is not okay? Recently, (laughs) I have, I don't drink caffeine like hardly at all, Mm -hmm. but I don't have it very often because, um, I already don't have much of a filter and, uh, caffeine makes the filter come completely off. There is no, so like, I don't have the thought process on like, I need to think about what I'm saying. And so I said something and it like really spiraled this person, like watching it in real time. I was like, okay, I, wow. I so sorry. So, so sorry. Um, In the future, I will not drink caffeine around you. And like, I usually use it just for like really long drives or whatever. Yeah, uh, but I don't. I don't remember why for funsies. I think, but yeah. So just like having to like recognize, like yeah, I need to have better behavior in this case, and like making that shift. Like this is, and like checking myself to be like, I need to not drink caffeine in social situations. Like I can't. <laughs> I really need to hone that one in hard. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and it's not unreasonable. I mean, you're not a bad person because you had a Diet Coke. All right. You're not a bad person if because you have no filter. It's just a matter of like learning what works for you and what works in different what works for them, what works in different situations. Right, and the keyword learning because like and that's and that's the part of um, healing as a journey versus an event because it's not you're not you're not in a point where it's I've learned everything there is to know blah blah blah. like yeah yeah you're every moment of your life is one more minute of learning you're gonna have that like one step to another and you get to keep going and 
sometimes you have to take a minute and a breather on those stairs because those stairs are long and it's really rough. And sometimes those stairs feel like it's a really, uh, what are the, what are they called? A landing? Oh yeah. Like and so the, yeah. like you're still taking steps forward, but it doesn't feel like it. And then, and then you get some more steps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the fact that you're um, in the process of learning means that you're on your healing journey. And I'm someone who I love learning new things. I hope I never stop learning new things. And so thinking of healing as learning kind of, for me, put such a positive spin on it. Yes, that, I, like, I agree. Because healing, um, you know, while it is positive, it's looking up, it kind of reveals that there was some hurt you know like you don't heal from perfection <laughs> yeah <laughs> unless you're talking about perfectionism but that's a different thing like a wholeness you don't heal from a wholeness or yeah. completion yes um but at the same time how sad would it be if we were ever complete yeah like if there was nothing else to learn like i think i would just die like, <laughs> I, don't think I would want to exist if there was not more to learn and so for me healing means that I'm willing to learn and I'm learning um and it also for me is you know and maybe it's particular to like my personal issues but for me I if there is a destination an event it is that ability to step forward to be secure enough in like who I am and to have those thought processes where you can kind of like extricate yourself from the immediate feeling and to have a sense of self outside of your illness. Yeah. Just having some kind of separation there it and being okay with like, yeah, this is probably something that's always going to hurt. This is probably something that I'm always going to struggle with, but I know I'm okay because I know that I am not that thing. Yeah. I have a sense of self outside of that and I have tools to like move forward and keep climbing that mountain. Yeah. I really, I really like that. And I, I think that in this healing journey, the thing that's like been really eye opening to me is like when I started therapy and I had approached some of my roommates and friends and I was like, so I started therapy and just, it like became like, it was so like looking back, I just, it's such a tender moment that I didn't foresee where just like all my roommates were like, Oh my gosh, let me tell you about my therapist. And I'm like, wait a second. Am I the last to go to therapy? <laughs> and just like all of them sharing like, really hard like not their whole life story but like parts of them that were like really raw and really learning to heal mm -hmm. and like sharing their pieces of wisdom that they had learned along the way and that was really really what I needed at that point and I feel like that just like there's a uh saying that's been going around like your healing journey and your path that you are blazing is can be somebody else's map yeah. or something along I'm totally butchering it right now but like that like your learning helps other people like 
this is part of our social creature thing. And, and I just think that's really helpful. Um, and that's kind of the whole point of this podcast, because the point is, as we heal, we do it out loud. We do yeah. it so that other people can hear because having that communion with other people that like, you're not in this alone. These are mm-hmm. things that people go through and here's what our path has looked like. Um, yeah, hopefully it can be maps for other people. I just think that when we do better, that we will be better. So let's go do that. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Special thanks to Ashley Burton for the cover art and Lemon Music Studios for the music. Please consider subscribing and reviewing us wherever you're listening to this podcast. We hope to see you next week. Bye.